City on the edge. City on the edge. City on the edge. <laughs> City on the edge. Hello. Are you gonna start this? <laughs> no starting? feedback on this. Maybe people hate this. Maybe we should stop doing it. <laughs> you don't get feedback. We get <laughs> feedback all the time. People I mean, uh, on the intro. The intro? Thing. Oh, the intro thing. yeah. <laughs> well, who knows? <laughs> oh yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to City on the Edge. We are a podcast about Albuquerque. Um, I am Mike Smith. This is Ty Bannerman Yo. and Nora Hickey. Hello. And we are here to talk about historical and cultural things that might or might not interest you about our fair city. We'll definitely interest we'll you. Definitely you. Yeah. Will definitely interest you. That's what I meant to say. Every single time. <laughs> if you live here, you should care about where you live. Otherwise, you live in a blank space. Yes. We're here to help you fill in that blank space a little bit. <laughs> know a little something about where you're at. And, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to think the boring things are interesting, too. I think boring things are, are. interesting. Well, I like minimalist art. I the like more boring, the more interesting. And, right. Yeah. Just four, four minutes and 33 <laughs> seconds and things like that. Fountain. <laughs> you know? It's all good. It's interesting. Um, okay, so we're here and we're talking about, I believe our topic today is bicycles. Biking Albuquerque. Biking yeah. in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Oh, that's well great. Done. Is that a good one? Huh? It's something. It's a, Can it's I go on a bumper sticker? It's, yeah, I guess. All right. It might I'm already gonna, be. I'm going to put it in the shop. It's better than We're some have a shop. horrible things I've seen. <laughs> better than Trump Pence 2016. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, uh, news lately. What's the big thing that happened recently that was we kind gotta of talk about a cultural thing? Yeah, we got to talk about that. It's, yeah. So, Mr. LaBeouf. So, Nora, you met him, right? You went down. I met the man. Yeah. You met Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Like the day that he He's opened famous the actor. thing, too, right? Yeah. He was in Holes. We should probably just on the off chance somebody wasn't watching TV that week or whatever. All right. What what is the deal with Shia LaBeouf? All right. First of all, who is he? All right, he's an actor. As a kid, he was in Holes. Even Stevens. Even Stevens. Okay, he was on some show. He uh, Transformers. Okay, he's been in these awful Michael Bay movies. I'm not into them at all. I think they're terrible. He was in some Lars <laughs> von Trier movie. Yeah, he was a Nymphomaniac. Something. I never Didn't saw it, but I remember Didn't reading see that. that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, he. Uh, was in Indiana Jones 4, which was yeah. bad. I can't when think of any good movies he's in except Holes. But yeah, nobody uh, really liked any of those, <laughs> the big ones. But they I all made a bazillion dollars. the first Transformers. You like the yeah. first Transformers? Yeah. I didn't see oh, it, to I be it fair. so awful. I, really? Was, I could barely watch it. it I just... A, I just figured yeah. there was no way that I was going to enjoy it, so I didn't go see it. He's a plucky hero. I, I like oh, dumb yeah. popcorn movies. I really do. But I thought, but I just felt like it was part of this larger thing that like Hollywood wants to do, where they just want to keep us all children, so that we'll keep consuming like we were children. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like it's like you like these toys that can turn into robots. <laughs> well, what if we had Megan Fox bending over, you know, <laughs> to this? You know, well, now I want to see explosions yeah. and like. And it's just, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's this. I just think weird. it's weird that there are now these movies about things that we enjoyed as kids that can't be seen by kids, right? Oh, like I know. you can't yeah. take like a seven-year-old to go see a Transformers right. movie yeah. if you're a yeah. parent of conscience, right? And, and they're all live action from cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. Like Hagen, when you're an adult, you should see this movie about Batman. It's really, <laughs> it's really great. Oh. <laughs> it's yeah. too dark it's for cool. you. But you, you can't handle could, it. Right you could now. not handle the Dark Knight. No. Um, so yeah. Shia LaBeouf was in it. Was in, yeah. Okay. These movies. Then he went insane. Well, apparently. I mean, on one level, I like it when celebrities also have like weirdo sides and they're not just like yeah. boring right? people going around talking about their hair on talk shows and stuff. That's nice. Right. But uh, James Franco and Shia LaBeouf are having like this weird off for being yeah. like the yeah. weirdest mm-hmm. art kid that's also in movies or something. But Shia, is that am I saying his name right? Shia I believe LaBeouf? it's Shia. Shia. Shia yeah. Okay. Uh, so he did this exhibit in New York City first on the side of the MoMA, I believe, called He Will Not Divide Us. And, of course, this is referring to Trump. Um, and yeah. it had the words in all black letters, He Will Not Divide Us, up on a wall. 
kind of artfully put with a little plaque, like as if it's in a gallery, yeah. saying mm-hmm. the name of it and stuff. I thought that part was pretentious and lame. Yeah. But uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, and then there's a, a little round camera, like the kind you see in a Walgreens or something like that, you know, it, hidden on the wall, mm-hmm. and um, and it's just basically like, all right, do your thing, world. Except that he's like in front of it the whole time, or at least when I was there, he yeah. was like standing in front of it, like in the foreground, kind of bobbing all cool, hands yeah, in his yeah, pockets, right. he's leading, leading water chance a lot. of he will not divide us. I right. know, but it's like you know what? If you're gonna create this sort of like Eno esque little like you know independent creator thing, you know that's gonna like generate art on its mm-hmm. own, let it do it. Why are you right. in the front? You know, and I said that criticism on Facebook at one point, and a friend brought up. Uh, well, him being there brings more of a crowd and it attracts the media. Yeah, but I think stuff. it might have undermined it also. Oh, I think it's he's a pretty divisive figure. Sure. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of. Or a, did Albuquerque just well, undermine well, first, it? Well, first New York undermined oh, yeah, yeah, it, to yeah, yeah. be right, fair. Right. We no, weren't the first right. one. So in New York, company. Well, this whole thing. And you guys yeah, t- can tell this just as well as me, but in New York, white supremacists took it over, and they were drinking milk because they're just dumbass idiot morons. <laughs> <laughs> and that somehow that equals white power, drinking white milk. Yeah. Like, uh, you know. guys, if you had so... any idea how stupid you looked but to more us. But more like saying things like Hitler did nothing wrong and... Right. You know, ironically, but yeah. not really ironically, oh, because know. they're actually right. It's not ironic if you mean it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. The, uh, um, and Shia and got arrested. And he got arrested for, for yeah, defending. For standing up right? to him. And yeah, yeah, good for him. And that's great. Yeah, I think we're down. He puts yeah. his money where his yeah. mouth is. Yeah. Yeah, and, totally. and so the whole exhibit got taken down, right? Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, but anyway, apparently he knew a guy here in town. I think it's this guy, Max Baptiste, from what I heard. For the lunch pad? No, he didn't know. Joe Anderson owns the lunch pad. No, but, he, uh, but he's LA? connected. He, he's, he's like, there's a couple articles about him and stuff. He's like uh-huh. a, uh, a moneyed influential person around here. Oh, okay. I haven't met him, but I have I have friends that like him. Well, uh, shout out to, uh, yeah. to Mr. Baptiste. Yeah, if he wants mm-hmm. to come on here ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. he seems like we are cool, also artists. Yeah. He seems like way. a cool, influential yeah. weirdo, and I like cool, influential weirdos. But he knew this guy and got him out here. Um, well, and he liked... Albuquerque, I think from Transformers. Oh, probably, yeah, yeah. yeah filming they filmed yeah. it out here. Stuff out yeah. here. Cause so they set up the exhibit here. Yeah. And that they set up this. So it had been on the side of the LA this super high profile thing in New York. At the, in, in New York. Yeah. And then it goes down and then reappears yeah. in freaking downtown Albuquerque. Right. So random. One of just most bizarre so turns. So weird. So you met the guy. Yeah. So what what did you talk about and when I you totally met Mr. And I totally went there in Lobo. the hopes of seeing him. No, nice. You yeah, know, I nice. was like, I want to see yeah. Shia. Yeah. So tell me about that. How was, what was your encounter? Like, I saw your pictures on Facebook. Um, It was, you know, there was, it really wasn't a big crowd, huh. but yeah. there was a crowd, but right. it wasn't mobbed. Hmm. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, it was Shia in front of the camera, as hmm. you're saying. Hmm. He seemed very intense yeah. and yeah. kind of not, not involving the crowd but also not shunning the crowd yeah, yeah. but kind of in his own world and you yeah. know yeah. in his he will not divide us sure, world sure. and then so we were like you know i went with my fiance and mm-hmm. we were like we can't just approach him we're not going to be those right, people right. Yeah. but then he broke from that to go i don't know talk to someone huh. and then other people started going up to him to talk to him and get pictures so yeah, we thought yeah. okay we got to do this now wow. or never. And so we said, oh, hey, you know, we love what you're doing. Can we take a picture? And we both kind of, we're bigger than him, both of us. Um, <laughs> hmm. What is with celebrities? Well, they're all tiny. I know, they're all they're tiny. They're all small. Napoleon complex? I don't know. I don't what. know. Huh. Everyone small goes into yeah, <laughs> That's true, acting. Yeah. yeah. But we, so we kind yeah. of embraced him. And he held my fiance's hand. Yeah. And I was saying <laughs> things like, oh, I don't know whether to give the finger or the thumbs up. And he said, at some point, easy, easy. And so mm. my fiance, Clay, and I have been debating what easy, easy, easy. meant. That's whether so we easy. were grabbing him too tight or like, easy, like it's all easy. easy. What did he it's mean? His mantra. What wow. did he mean? I don't know. Easy, easy. I don't know. Huh. Crazy. Easy, easy. Interesting. How bizarre. I was there for a couple hours with. Um, hours? Yeah, I was, wow. I was just, when you called me and told yeah. me what was going on, I, I went, like, I gave my oldest kid, who's 11, um, and I, um, my phone, and I was like, just go record stuff, like, get audio. It's yeah. Like, she got a bunch of audio, maybe we can splice it in here. Um, the uh, But it was, you know, there were there were people, protesters that were, like, a lot of Native American rights groups and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and that were, like, holding up banners and stuff, a lot of anti-fracking people. Yeah. Um, 
And I was, and, and it was kind of monotonous in that people were like chanting one word phrases, you know, uh-huh. like every culture, every race, punch a Nazi in the face. Or, <laughs> yeah, a couple like of, that cou- one. Couple, yeah, that, that one was fine. Um, and, uh, and there were a couple of others like that. But anything said over and over again, yeah, you sure. yeah. get the idea sure. of it pretty quickly. And there was an, a nice little crowd. Some police came along and my daughter was filming them, so they were like well behaved and didn't, oh. didn't do anything. And oh, even yeah. though people were kind of blocking that road next to the El Rey, uh-huh. and um, and Shia LaBeouf was there, but he wasn't approachable at all when we were there. Like the, I think there were a couple of people that were like kind of talking to him a little bit, but for the most part, he was um, just kind of standing up there, bobbing in front of the camera yeah, with his yeah. live feed. Huh. And I didn't want to like be like the right. one guy, you know. Right. right. Um, but uh, I was yeah, I was a little when I saw your pictures, I was like, oh, he must have like, you know finally started talking to people or whatever. I mean, I had some misgivings about it. In the, it seemed to take protest and put it in quotes. It seemed yeah. to be like, now yeah. protest is part of art. You know, uh, like, which yeah. I guess is fine. You're always going to have both things, you know, the Dadaists were a response to World War One and all that stuff. I mean, like, the, the, those things are going to happen. But, but uh, I also feel like it can be a somewhat neutralizing force a little bit right. to say, you know, it's not protest, it's art. It's a live feed, you know, and it's... And also seemed like I have this like really narrow focus. Why is it just focused around this one guy? There's a whole bunch of like right. really mm-hmm. messed up people trying to take away like everything good right now. You know, was, you know, yeah. yeah. The, you know, it's like I I don't know if he's the even the worst of that bunch. Bannon maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like right, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. I mean, in, in a way, he yeah. will not divide us is in itself a little divisive. Yeah, right? and it's not even like true. you're saying we're the most divided country on the right. planet right, right. now. We're, well, maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> what yeah? What tagline would you guys choose? Well, how about we will not be divided? I mean that oh. that at least says oh, that's nice. That's nice. you know just because you voted for oh. Trump or whatever doesn't yeah. mean that you're no longer part of this community and like we all yeah. have to figure out the same problems yeah. and yeah. yeah we believe you <laughs> you made a really big mistake or whatever right, but right. we still got to figure this out yeah. from this point on yeah. and it seemed like if the if the idea of it was to say a statement of unity, then right. what you don't want to do is mm-hmm. leave out a whole bunch of people in That's that statement. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I like? Huh. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. By Taro Gomi, the children's yeah, book. Yeah, but I'll no, tell you No, as a slogan. If you put that up there and you put a camera, you are not going to like what you see. <laughs> yeah. It is not going to be But it's so uniting. I'll tell you what I liked about it. Uh, right, I, I did not actually make it I think I drove past it one time with the kids on the way somewhere else. Uh, but I did check in on the live feed a few times. Um, and every time there was something different going on. One time it was a bunch of people going, he will not divide us. He will not uh, divide us. Uh, um, but the next time it was like two people having a dialogue. Oh, that's And, t- you know, one of them was saying, you know, I voted for Trump because of this. We really have a problem with illegal aliens in this country. And then this yeah. other lady was like, listen, you need to understand this, this, this. And it was like, hmm. well, good. That's cool. You know, like yeah. there, people are actually going to have this conversation right, here right. as opposed to a bunch of white supremacists pouring milk right. all over yeah. themselves. Like sure, that was yeah. cool. No, and, it's, yeah. and it speaks highly for Albuquerque that New York's was taken over by white supremacists, <laughs> but Albuquerque's <laughs> had like a healthy bunch of protesters there, yeah. Yeah. and then was vandalized and closed down because of gunshots. Yeah, yeah. Well, but gunshots unrelated to right. <laughs> as far as we can tell. Right, it was just generic gunshots yeah. in the area, such as I mean, it, come on, who didn't read that it was going up downtown Albuquerque and immediately think to themselves, somebody's going to get murdered on right. that camera, right, right, right. or it's just going to get stolen. One or the other is going to happen. Uh, Unfortunately, neither one. Did. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I feel on one level Albuquerque blew it. We had a camera set up that people in L.A. and New York were watching 24-7 with audio. We should have had every band out there playing. Mm. Like any, any, like, or us. Know, yeah. Well, you, know? you guys, we had an idea. Yeah, we were going to go do thing there. Yeah, we were going to do an episode there where we were like just interviewing people because I love the idea of this this community that was springing up around it uh, of people hanging out there all day. Yeah, it would have been cool. Um, But then you know, random Albuquerque violence. I guess nobody got killed. What a weird blip. It's going to be a a little article. Little forty years from now. Seriously, in forty years, Banner of the Future is going to write. Yeah, Yeah, we're gonna. Somebody's (laughs) going to do a podcast on it. Yeah, <laughs> and they're gonna like play excerpts yeah. from our. Oh, it's nice to think there's a. Of course, future. we'll be famous. City yeah. on the brink. Yeah, city, city <laughs> on the brink. Right. Yeah. City over the edge. City over. Oh, I like that. Oh, city. Yeah. City at the bottom of the cliff in a jumbled, broken pile. Oh man. 
City um, destroyed by. Yeah. Anyways, so that okay. was Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> that was Shia LaBeouf. It was a neat. Yeah, yes. it was cool. I it ended with gunfire. I don't dislike yeah. it. I just I, I have mixed feelings about it. But you know what? Art does that. Art is provocative, yeah. and it, it, it was an interesting. It's moment. definitely an art piece. And you know what? Yeah. Huh. I rode by on my bike, yeah. and someone gave me a high five. Well, that oh, sounds like an excellent seg. Ever I heard one. Segway. Segway. Um, hey. <laughs> Stop being mean to me just because I like to read. <laughs> so yeah, Dora, you rode by on your bike, and, and hey, it just so happened that the theme of this uh, this episode is is bicycling in Albuquerque, oh. and you have a pretty. Uh, if I, I'm going to go back to a word I like to use a lot, emblematic story oh, nice. about mm-hmm. biking in Albuquerque. So, uh, yeah. so tell me uh, what happened to you over the last couple of weeks, you and your bike. Well, <laughs> me and my bike, we've been together for longer, well, I'd say 10 years. Hmm. You longer. love your bike more I love my than bike. your fiance. You bike a lot. Yes. You bike pretty much. I, I see you with your bike more than your car. Yeah. yeah. And and I so I used to bike more when I first came here with mm-hmm. this bike. Um, I've always had a bad cable lock, but it's not a very good bike, and mm. it's never been stolen. Mm. It's always been reliable. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't been biking in a while, and I teach at UNM, and I thought, okay, I'm going to start biking again this spring. So I was all, you know, adrenaline and mm. happy about biking, and I made it up that hill, and I parked my bike, taught my classes, came out. It was all sunny and nice out. Oh. And there, lying on the ground, was my cut cable lock with my oh. helmet attached to it. Oh. The savagery. It's like finding gore. It's finding, like, the trail of blood, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, what happened? And I just, you know, the absence of the bike, it's almost, it's just almost unbelievable because yeah. it's always been there. So yeah. I just thought, what yeah. is happening? Right. And so so I was, I, I didn't feel, you know, cryy. Like yeah. sob, I wasn't yeah. sobbing. I was just kind of like, "Huh, hmm. it happened to me." You were in shock. You know? Wow, I was in shock. Yeah, and um, <laughs> or just fine with it. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, That's "Does a- this mean I shouldn't bike?" Um, but <laughs> so I um, I felt that it wasn't far. I hmm. felt it was near, and. I saw another biker and I was just like, oh my God, my bike got stolen. And mm. she said, oh, that happened to me three times. One time yeah. I found it again. Wow. Um, wow. So don't give up. And I thought, uh-huh. okay, I'm uh-huh. not going to give up. Nice. I'm not. And I didn't know how to get home. And I thought I'll just take the bus. And then I thought maybe it'll be around Central. Mm. I don't know. I just was, uh, yeah. So mm. I walked to McDonald's on Central and Yale. Oh, nice. Um, For, formerly Strongthorn Mortuary. <laughs> Quite a bit formally. Yeah, but that's cool. In the 30s. <laughs> formally, yeah. <All> right. <laughs> An important detail. All right. Yes, and there on a little cement wall between McDonald's and I believe it's Rasoy, the mm. Indian restaurant um, oh, yeah, on yeah. Yale. Oh, yeah. We're sitting two guys and my bike. And nice. your bike. Oh. My old mm. Betsy. Oh, Betsy? Betsy the bike. Okay. And Betsy so was found. I was just so... And, you know, I get Tell text, me about these guys. Tell me about these guys. Um, They were white males in their, I would say, 20s. Um, wow. 20s? They kind of had that uh, uh, an aesthetic that was like hippie meth. Mm. I was going to say, you know, were they twitchy? They were scabby little twitchy? and oh, a little yeah. twitchy. Yeah, okay. Um, <sighs> and I can help you guys. Addictions. I know yeah, the variety. I know. Yeah. yeah. And I had been getting text updates from UNMPD like, mm. oh, someone threatened someone with a gun. Mm. Someone, you know, blah, blah, blah with a knife. Mm. But I wasn't, I just saw my bike and I was so burning with mm. the little indignation that that yeah. was my bike, you know. Yeah. I, I, Brought her from Wisconsin, yeah. and so really? I just went up to them and I said, "Hey, that's my bike." Whoa! And Good they were, for like, you. Uh, you know, and I was like, "That's my bike. Look at my lock." Like I was, I was burning mad. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, "How dare you?" And they were like, "Oh, oh, like what happened?" You know, and I explained oh. to them like, "I don't know, but this happened, and it's my bike." And they said, "Oh, we got it from some guy for ten dollars." And I said, <laughs> wow. "Well, I'm taking it. I'm sorry about the ten dollars." Wow! So dang. Then I went to the bike coop. Um, yeah. to get a new lock, wow. a stronger lock. Nice. They said it's been happening a lot lately. Mm. I'm impressed. I don't You found it. I don't know if I would have Well, first of all, yeah, you found it. I, I don't know if I would have gone and approached those guys. They sound a little like yeah. you see two guys, yeah. twitchy, scabby. Right. And you know they took your bike. Right. 
you know, I'm a little conflict averse. So I, I yeah. probably Me wouldn't uh, wouldn't go up there. But you you had the eye of the tiger, I guess. But yeah. when you're in that rage, yeah, maybe. Oh. Uh, yeah, the indignation <laughs> of it. Yeah. Uh, well, good for you. Thanks. Yeah. So Every bike back. I've ever owned has been stolen here. So it's. I was I mean, gonna say very Albuquerque story. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think. Uh, what is it? We'll steal your heart and also your bike. Oh, that's is that, funny. <laughs> is that a thing, really? That's, well, that should be a thing. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but right. yeah, I've, I've had uh, several bikes stolen here. Hmm. Um, you, you know, one from like my backyard, yeah, which was yeah. the one that really upset me. Because yeah. I was like, ah, somebody was in my backyard. That's and hard. I saw like the shadow of the person and thought it was weird, oh, uh, but didn't like check because it was Sunday morning and I oh, was yeah. in bed. And my dog wasn't barking because oh, my dog was great dogs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Thanks, like, freaking let <laughs> me know the mailman's like every day. <laughs> <laughs> jerks, furry jerks. But Albuquerque. <laughs> let's see. Albuquerque is known as a bike-friendly city, right? Well, despite this, like it, it from an outsider, I everything I researched. Yeah, was I think like, that's more of a recent reputation. I really do. Recent reputation. Yeah, sure. I remember writing. Uh, when I was writing New Mexico News, which were little tweets of local news and stuff, and that was yeah. like 2012 or so, there was an article in a bicycling magazine that was like we that had us as one of the least safe bike biking really? cities in, in least safe yeah, biking cities in America. Oh. Yeah, I think and, it's honestly the weather oh, huh. that it's so bicycle friendly weather year uh, round. Oh, there's that. That yeah. makes it. Well, I think we do have... And we're a driving city. We have miles of bike trails at this point, but those bike trails are in varying levels of condition Mm -hmm. and usefulness. Like, yeah, if you want to ride along the Arroyo... And you might get jumped on some You might get jumped. It's a little (laughs) scary sometimes, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, sometimes... Have you ever walked under that bridge with the flashing colored lights down downtown at night? Yes. And there's, like, some guy there It just seems to be, like, hanging around a little too much. There's Yeah, there's sketchy places like that. The distinct smell of human feces wafting through the air. Hey, everybody poops, guys. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Right back to that. Shia, come back. (laughs) (laughs) We got a project for you. (laughs) Uh, Um... But but I mean yeah. certainly like recently it's been in in magazines like yeah. U.S. News yeah. and this kind of thing that yeah. says we're the uh, oh, really? such and such. And there is good biking as a mm. because of the weather. Oh, I mean right. honestly, biking in Wisconsin in the winter sunshine, yeah. is kind of insane, yeah. and you have to yeah prepare for it. Like who does that in a real way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. like you would die, well. <laughs> 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 or you might. Well. You know, I have uh, here a historic bike theft. Do tell. And anyone who's listened to some of our very first episodes, I believe they're episodes two and three, they could be, or maybe three and four, something like that. Do you remember, Ty? (laughs) I don't remember that far back (laughs) at this point. Oh, okay, all right. We've been doing this for a little bit. Yeah, no, Um, that's a good sign, right? But yeah, we have, uh, there's one on... uh, what did we call that one? Lash of the Penitentes, maybe? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, about the Carl Taylor murder of 1936. But anyway, a detail in that was that this guy, Taylor, who was a journalist who was murdered in 36, wrote that, uh, and this, I believe, this was published in February of 1936, but it was about something that happened in 35. And I've, I found the newspaper article about the original one, but I don't have it in front of me right now. Um, the uh, He said... The boy who chops wood for me and who I think secretly cherishes an ambition someday to be elected the village Cristo, like the guy that hangs on the cross, and hang upon a cross is immensely proud of his shiny new bicycle. And I found this other article that said that he had stolen it from a woman in town from, from, from beside her house. And oh. so that's 1935. I think that's got to be the earliest known bike theft in Albuquerque. Wrong. At least the earliest. <laughs> what? Wrong. Earlier I also did research into it, and I could no. scoop you by it. What, what year was that? 1934? 1935. 31 years earlier. Oh, Whoa. March 23rd, Wait. 1904, in the Albuquerque Morning Journal, uh, oh, reports that the district, the territorial grand jury, which was in town, this is before statehood, mind you, so they have the territorial grand and jury going around trying different cases in different localities. Uh-huh. They have their hands full in Albuquerque involving both a murder in the first degree and the stealing of a bicycle. So that kind of hits the Albuquerque uh, uh, greatest hits right there, wow. doesn't it? Wow. And that was a uh, Celso Apodaca who stole a bicycle um, hmm. in 1904. I wonder so. what his punishment was. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I, I did not find that out. They did not delve into it. Oh my but. gosh. Well, 
That's amazing. You know, I guess bikes have been around in Albuquerque for a long time because if you get the book Albuquerque Narrative History, which yeah. we talk about all the time, there's this great picture of that's captioned captioned uh, members of the Albuquerque Bicycle Club near Martinez Town, circa oh. 1885. Yeah, it's pretty it's early. It's from the wow. Albuquerque Museum, and they're all. It's one, two, three, four, five, six men. I guess it was a little bit uh, gender uh, mm. biased at the time. Six men all in suits with chains from their pocket watches in front of them on penny farthing bicycles. These Those are bicycles, the ones with the huge, the huge front wheel, wheel and the tiny back wheel, like two different sizes yeah. of yeah. currency. And they've all got hats on, and uh, they're holding each other's bikes, like apparently holding each other up in front of a white fence. And there's a low desert hill back behind them. So that's near Martinez Town. Where where is Martinez Town exactly? That's uh, Mountain and um, okay. Mountain and like First Street about or Mountain a little, Street, little yeah. east of mm-hmm. First Street. Yeah. Uh, yes, and that was its own locality. So they were probably barking, biking along Carnwell Street, right? Uh, oh yeah, Carnwell Where the Road. Sheep were oh yeah, we talked about this last episode. Yeah, yeah. To the mountain. So cool? Well, every time I've driven mountains since that last episode, I've thought about that. Right. Yeah. So cool. And it that turns up really in random cool. places. So there was yeah. there was a biking club at least as of uh, 1885. 1885. That's early. I mean, New Albuquerque yeah. was only founded five years before that. 1882. Um, there's a newspaper articles that mention uh, cyclists coming through town oh, and performing like tricks, hmm. oh. uh, and really, it seems like kind of a novel thing, you yeah. know? Like the, Albuquerque is getting huh. its taste of the the cycling craze. Oh, that's really mm. interesting. Right there. So uh, that photo shows the penny farthing bikes in about 1885. So cool. So what's kind of Interesting about that is about five years later, the whole biking world changed. It went from hmm. being like a pretty specialized hobby right. to uh, something that everybody could participate in. And it was mainly because they got rid of those freaking penny farthing bikes. <laughs> those things were death traps. Oh, interesting. Really? I don't know. Well, How did you mount those? Seriously. I don't yeah. get it. You needed like a step stool or Who something. Who even got that idea? And one of the wheels needs to be giant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enormous <laughs> wheel. Yeah. I mean... It, <laughs> Like imagine trying to break something like that too, you know? Like trying to uh, try to stop it as yeah. you're going down a hill. Oh god. So it's cool. I've got this tiny wheel with a break. <laughs> yeah. It's the size of a <laughs> capel. Um <laughs> so in eighteen ninety, uh the so called safety bike appeared. And uh. that was a bike that essentially re- Looks like what our modern bicycle looks like. It's got two wheels of equal size. Interesting. So you can actually get up on them from a standing position without having to climb anything oh, and get nice. off of them. And that's when the biking craze just went absolutely crazy. That's cool. And Albuquerque was not immune. If you look through the old uh, newspapers hmm. from like 1890 on, like suddenly there's a whole bunch of mm. places selling bicycles. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Look into the journal's archives. I noticed a real boom in the 20s, too. There seemed oh, to, yeah. There was, like, one week that was declared National Bicycling Week and stuff like that, and they were really... Right. People were really getting into it. And then That's again cool. in the late 60s, I oh, found. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. In the 70s, there were a in lot. 70s, yeah. 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 Um, Interesting. Nora was telling me about something earlier that I thought was hilarious from, a, from the 60s about mm-hmm. bicycling versus yeah. jogging, which... Yeah, it's from a journal article okay. from August 29th, 1971, about bicycles and it sounds that they were a group of you know dedicated cyclists Hmm. were trying to get grant money to make bike paths because they said biking to unm specifically was so Hmm. dangerous on central lomas Hmm. um and so then they're talking about bicycling at unm and that there were 137 thefts on Hmm. in the 70s or in 1970 i should say Um, and so they had an idea for a bike corral, which would just be three tennis court size, you know, corrals where people could drop off their bikes, get a ticket from Mm. an attendant, then come back, give their ticket. Yeah. You're in Albuquerque? Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. They wanted to, yeah, do something about the bike theft. Wow. But they were interviewing, um, different people on campus and this one professor, Dr. Lawrence Locke of UNM's Department of Health, Physical Education, and Recreation said, bicycling is an acceptable means of exercising. You may get almost as much exercise benefit from it as you do from jogging, but you avoid the social reprehensiveness. 
What a weird quote. I know. Man, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, so was, was jogging considered like a, <laughs> like a, a uncouth or something in 1970? Like to go run to go running for Only fun? Only sex offenders jog or something. Yeah, I, that's random. Because, I mean, that's yeah. kind of like jogging is a yeah. relatively new phenomenon, right? I like, yeah. yeah. I know. Now just, it makes just me for curious. like routine exercise. Yeah, we need to do an episode on that. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> Next, jogging in Albuquerque. <laughs> Social. And then ping pong. <laughs> yeah. Sounds exciting. Oh, yeah. weird. That's so he, really strange. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good thing you dug up. Yeah. Like and then you had another weird oh. story that had uh, mm-hmm. racism and weird archaeology. And sad, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Shameful. So this one, I think we should look into this guy more. This archaeologist, Edgar Lee Hewitt. So in 1922, he was active in New Mexico hmm. archaeology and worked partially at UNM, and he employed. Um, Pueblo painters, so Ewa Tessera, Valino Herrera, and this Hopi artist was his main guy, Fred hmm. Cabote. Hmm. Um, and so in 1922, he is doing a dig in Jemez Springs, and he hires Fred Cabote on the job, but he, instead of giving him the staff cars, which mm-hmm. the cars were reserved for the staff, right. but they were all white, so to the to these Pueblo artists, he gave bikes. Oh my god! So they had to bike from UNM to Pueblo Springs. Um, that is so or f- to Hamas Springs. Hamas Springs. Hamas Springs. Sorry. Whoa, um, that is that's, so that's far. That's like fifty miles. That right? is so far. And up up in the mountains. That's like a too. full day of mountainous <laughs> biking. So oh my god! It said it, it took them two days um, to yeah. make the trip, and it was you know long and hard, and yeah. then. It's grueling kind of just yeah. to drive up there sometimes. Yeah. If you've ever wondered if you're a terrible person, one way that you can know that you're a terrible person is if you make the people that work for you of another race bike 50 miles and <laughs> give the white people cars, that's how you know. <laughs> Good God. Good litmus test. Horrifying. Yeah. Man, what a story. Edward yeah. Hewitt, is that his name? Yeah, Edgar Lee Edgar, Hewitt. Edgar Lee Hewitt. I bet there's a million yeah, other awful return. stories about him. We need return to return to that. To, yeah. Yeah. Early archaeology in, in New Mexico, mm-hmm. I think, was it's so different than how we kind of Seriously. like experience archaeology. Oh, it was like today. grave robbing a lot of yeah, times. Basically. Yeah, basically. Um, my kids and I just went to uh, Quarai and Abo, which were both excavated. Oh, by I Frank love those Hibben. places. Amazing. Beautiful. Amazing. But, I mean, you can just see the difference in um, in the approach, you know, mm. like they, they basically recreate the whole village, you know. Right. Uh, anyway, wow. uh, yeah, so wow. okay, that's an amazing story, Nora. That's, I wonder if that guy rubbed shoulders with uh, Frank Hibben at all, who we talked about in I'm their sure theory. That would have been about the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Probably talked cool. about their theories of race, rate the races together and stuff. Since Hibben had some weirdness too, I remember seeing some swastikas in his house. They were all like. That could be Native American iconography. I don't know. Boy, I'm sure it was. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. man. Anyway, that's that's amazing. Okay, joining us now we have local poet Don McIver, who's going to be sharing a piece with us about cycling in Albuquerque uh, in the modern day. Objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. In Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park, there's a scene where the characters are trying to get away from the T-Rex, and it's gaining on them. The camera pans onto the side view mirror, and the audience can read, Objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Done to exhilarating effect, this is a sort of visual joke in the movie. Today, however, I don't want you to think about the T-Rex. I want you to think about what image in the mirror is closer than it appears. In August of 2010, on my commute home, my car died. Frustrated with one too many car repair bills, I called up and had my car donated to my public radio station on the spot. Two weeks later, my wife's car died as well, and rather than wade into the sea of car shopping, we asked ourselves a question. What if we tried living without a car for the next six months? Six months later, we started a blog, Life Without a Car in Albuquerque, began posting, and we just kept going. The news reporter at a local radio station did a story followed by a big spread in the daily newspaper as well as the Arts Weekly. Suddenly, we were sort of local celebrities, the couple who gave up their car in Albuquerque, a city designed around two interstates and Route 66. Albuquerque is not exactly known as a bike-friendly city. We couldn't quite wrap our brains around the attention. People would come up to us and ask, how's it going? How do you get groceries? 
What's it like? And they all wished that they could do it too. And we always replied, giving up our car was not really as hard as it seemed. We hadn't done anything that's all that special. The image of going carless in Albuquerque was closer than it appeared. We lasted four years when we didn't have a car. Part of the reason we could navigate the switch was because I was transferred. So one of the lingering hangups, the 30-minute one-way commute was gone. Yet while the commute was gone, the occasional need for a car was still there, or so we thought. For the most part, our trips were not too long. Prior to this, we'd already started adjusting when we would drive. Basically, any trip under five miles, we biked unless we had to haul stuff. But with no car, every trip, no matter what length, had to be, a, be bikeable, or we had to be comfortable with asking for help. For some, asking for help may be an insurmountable step, but I found a six-pack of beer, a bottle of wine, a full tank of gas. A good conversation goes a long ways, and don't always ask the same people. This leads to the first unexpected benefit. Our community of friends became a stronger, larger community. For example, every other month I travel out of town. There's the train, but the schedule isn't always convenient. So in months when my time doesn't sync up well with the train, I either rent a car or carpool. I'd much prefer to carpool. While renting is convenient, carpooling means I get to hang out with friends. The trip itself becomes a social event, and I've now reconnected with people that I've known for years, but because of our hectic schedules, have never been able to hang out with much. Perhaps the most tangible benefit is that I get to know other people better, fuller, because I am stepping outside of my comfort zone and asking for help. People want company, and people want to help. I don't pay for insurance or make a car payment have to get an oil change or care about the price of gas. But get a cheap, sturdy bike with no quick-release anything and know how to keep it running. You don't need the shirt, the shorts, the shoes, but do get the right gear for the weather and time of day and pay attention to the weather. The single most important piece of safety equipment is your own common sense. Be the most observant pe person on the road. Pick a good route. Just because you can bike on any ro road doesn't mean you should. Biking makes me part of the world. You'll know when green chili is in season, not by reading about it in the paper or stumbling on it at your local grocery store, but by actually smelling the roasting from miles, from blocks away. You'll know there's a storm moving in by feeling the wind pick up and see the clouds blacken on the horizon. You'll know that there's an accident ahead because you'll notice the people idling in their cars as you roll by. You'll see neighborhood cats stalking birds, watch flowers bloom, See the slow progress of someone's remodel, a busted sprinkler head, the line of pigeons on the telephone wire, and you'll stop and soak in that sunset. When I looked in the mirror, I saw a person who wanted to be more engaged in his life. One at the time he spent getting to and from work to be fuller, to not have to try and cram as much stuff as he could, books on tape, takeout meals, phone conversations, while making the same mindless commute. There were times when I'd get home from work and didn't even remember how I got there. Time seemed to just speed up, and I kept seeing it as passing me by. When I looked in the mirror and said, what if I didn't own a car? The person I saw was someone who was more engaged in life because he slowed down. And that person was closer at hand than he, at first, appeared. So we're here with, uh, with Don McIver, and I just want to say, first of all, I really enjoyed that piece. Uh, I thought you, uh, Thank you. you captured a lot about what's so great about biking that, that riding in a car can't provide. Yeah, that yeah. I had forgotten because I've stopped riding a bike as much, and I was like, yeah, that feeling of the storm approaching and that green chili smell in the fall mm -hmm. is so... It's there. a way to kind of like get to know your neighborhood better. Right, right. Yeah. Like a lot of the time. So this was written a few years ago. This was for a, um, a TED Talk from about 2012? Yeah, 2012. Okay, is this, uh, are, you, are you still carless? No, we do have a car. We finally did buy a car. You sold out. Yeah, well, it was, <laughs> it was a very easy buy, so it yeah, wasn't like we were sure. in the market. It just happened to happen. Do you still bike around? I do um, walking more than anything else. My wife still okay. bikes to work. Okay. Um, and we only have one car, and I, I, I live close enough to walk for the most part. So That's nice. Yeah. Well, that's you know, nice, too. Yeah. 
And that has a lot of the same experience. Right. Right. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. you miss biking or um, not really? No, no. I mean, I, I, I guess I would, I miss it. I, I, um, I like the fact that it's not what I'm dependent upon anymore. Yeah. You know, I think being dependent upon your bike, it becomes something, it becomes your source of transportation as a source, as opposed to a source of enjoy, of enjoyment. That's so right. true. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, when I, when I first moved to, uh, Albuquerque about 95 or so, I didn't have a, a car for several years there. And, uh, it's, uh, it, it, my whole impression of Albuquerque during that time is very different than it is now. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I felt much more like UNM area, student ghetto, uh, Knob Hill, it all seems so self-sufficient and like a perfect little world in a way. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest things I definitely, I uh, definitely noticed was that my world shrunk. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were things I wasn't going to do because I wasn't going to bike there. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I remember when I first moved here and I didn't have a car and I drove my mom's RV down and had my bike and I drove from the KOA off of Juan to Bow and 40 to UNM because I was used to biking in Milwaukee and biking long distances, but it was quite different. It was just so, I think I've talked about this before, but it was, it was not the bike friendly city of that. I had read about. Certainly. I do feel like Albuquerque kind of yeah. publicizes itself as bike friendly. And I don't know that it necessarily is, as you say in your essay. Right. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, they I talk about the miles of bike paths they have, but then the reality is like, well, how many of those bike paths run along an arroyo? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, what else are you going to do with that land around it, but put a bike path right. next to it? You yeah. know, so it's not quite the same as, you know, maybe some of these other biker friendlier cities where the, the route is like, this is the quickest way to get somewhere by bike mm -hmm. here. Some some parts of Albuquerque work really well, though. I mean, like certainly right around UNM, mm -hmm. that's perfect. Right. You know. Um, right. But if you do go, you, you're talking about the KOA off of I-40. Like or what is that? Off like Want. Sorry. Yeah, I-40 yeah, like Want to yeah. East Side. Yeah. That's definitely like a much more um, hostile environment. I yeah, think, it was very urban biking. Like, yeah, and uh, people, and, and it's not just like the layout of the streets and everything, but I feel like people's attitudes are very different mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. depending on which part of town you're in. Like, they're not so used to seeing people biking around that part of town. Mm -hmm. Well, and then, you know, like, the, uh, like I always found the summer was the worst season to bike. Because you get hot, and it's oh hot, and you're sweaty, and then, so like, if you're trying to use biking, then you better bring a change of clothes before you go to work. Right. And then what if, you, I mean, I know Sandia, uh, they're pretty bike friendly, but like a lot of places is like, well, I'm going to stumble then they're being covered in sweat. Yeah. And right. I don't have a shower, access to a shower. Totally. Right. So right. you're dealing with the fact that I just bike to work. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Um, and waiting for lights to change in the baking sun. Yeah. I have such <laughs> visceral yeah. memories of just... Yeah. I mean, there are occasional oh. really cold days and windy days in the winter, but for the most part, it's just like right. bundle up, you know. Right. You know, winter I was like, I don't, you know, the hardest was spring with the wind and summer with the heat. That was absolutely the hardest, you know. Definitely. So, would you willingly go back to that lifestyle now, or are you uh, spoiled by by the by having a car or access to a car? I mean, I guess I I I would. I don't know if I'd willingly go back. <laughs> you know, I think if the car broke down and I didn't really want to wade into buying another car, I, I, I could make it work again. Right. You know, but I'm, I'm you know, it, it's a strange thing going from your 40s to your 50s and realizing your body doesn't bounce back the uh, way it used to. Yeah, and, totally. yeah. and, you know, I'm like, okay, this is going to, I'm going to be tired and I'm not going to want to do anything if I do this. Right. You know. Right. You know. And that's the biggest change was just me realizing I don't know if I want to ride down uh, the hill. You know, know, my grandmother is, um, she's, I think, about 88 right now. And she was biking up until about two years ago. But, but you know, for exercise, mm -hmm. not not right. for a livelihood. But outside. For, yeah. yeah, but outside and everything. Um, it was pretty heroic of her. But what, what got to her was... Uh, 
her skin started to get more and more fragile. So if she took mm. a fall, it was mm. like you got to go to the emergency room no right. matter mm. what happened. Right, right. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, knees hurt, and if you don't have a car, uh, you know. I mean, there's always those mixed. Everybody talks about fixies and uh, hipsters, but I mean, part of the reason you get a fixie or a single speed is because you don't have to worry about a derailleur. Right. So they're easier to keep running. Like, mm. you can just ride them all right. the time. And so I was doing that for a while, but now I'm like, well, you kind of need a derailleur because if you don't, it's going to be really hard on your knees trying to get yeah. up these hills. Totally. Yeah. You know? <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, um, I understand you have to go catch a film. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm go catch but a film. But thank yeah. you so thank much you. for uh, for taking the time to do this oh, yeah, tonight yeah, and, and sharing that story. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll keep listening. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Don. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? What are you gonna see? I'm gonna go see Logan. Oh, nice. I know, right? Like that's what I want to see. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for I'm really yeah. Yeah. thank you. Uh, yeah. Get to get this uh, together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should talk about um, bike safety. Bike safety. Because if there's one thing that biking in Albuquerque is, is it is kind of dangerous. I, sure. I think it's probably dangerous anywhere, but it, it does uh, seem so in Albuquerque as well. Look, is it fun to ride down the Arroyos as fast as you possibly <laughs> can with no helmet, your hands off the handlebars, yelling? Yes. Right, yeah, don't do is. that. Yeah. But and I think, you know, I, I, I believe that the drivers in this town also need to be pretty aware of what's right. going on around right. them. Um and there's a project uh, that's been happening since 2010 to raise awareness of, of bikes and just how easily someone could die in yeah, a yeah. car bike accident. And right. that's the, uh, the ghost bikes. You're familiar with these, I assume? I am. I've seen them around town. White yeah. bikes chained to signposts. Yeah, exactly. White bikes, sometimes they have flowers mm. and things on oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Usually at an intersection, somewhere visible. Right. Um, and what these are is memorials mm-hmm. to uh, to cyclists who died in an accident, which was not their fault. Yeah, that was the fault of a driver. Right. Um, and New Mexico is kind of famous for these sort of roadside memorials, even before these ghost bikes. Yeah. We've we've we, there's books of descansos, you know, right, the, the little roadside crosses and memorials. Other states have very heavily legislate what you can put next to the road. Like Arizona yeah. lets you put little rebar crosses. That's yeah. it. And, you know, here it's like some of these are art. And I know that that has been sometimes a question of like separation of church and state, but I've never minded seeing a cross like that. Hey, I feel like, you know, it's coming from a very legitimate If your loved place. one died and you want to leave a little marker on the side of yeah. the road, I don't see a problem with that. Like, now, if somebody wants to put up a flaming pentagram marking their loved Satanist who died there, well, good for them. You that's know. interesting, too. <laughs> a friend of mine was putting together a book once about descansos, about the roadside crosses. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went out and I put a couple of crosses next to an area I knew she was going to go with her name and her roommate's Ew, name. And name. <laughs> just so she'd find it. Then she never went there. It was like wasted. <laughs> I spent all this money at a Catholic bookstore on rosaries and candles. And <laughs> oh, I don't feel sorry for you at all. Oh, it would have been funny. It would have been a weird moment of shock and recognition. And instead, I had to tell her about it three months later. So yeah. actually, the, uh, the, yeah. the Ghost Bike Project started in 2003 yeah. in St. Louis. Um, but it was brought here to New Mexico hmm. in about 2010. And I thought I would uh, maybe we could end the episode by remembering a few of the people okay. who uh, who died. Nice. So the first one I want to mention is uh, uh, Dan Montoya. This ghost bike is located 3.5 miles east of I-25 on Tramway. Hmm. Um, and this these are uh, these are stories that are collected on. DukeCityWheelman.org okay. is where I found these. So, out on his twice weekly lunchtime ride, Dan Montoya, 53, was nearing the crest of the climb up Tramway Boulevard, eastbound from his office on Honeywell. Bruce Vickensburg, 78, was driving his white Chevrolet passenger car westbound on Tramway on the same morning. Bernalillo County Sheriff's Department traffic investigator Leonardo, Le- Leonard Armijo said in concluding his report, Based upon the crash investigation completed at the scene, road evidence, debris, as well as the oral interview, it is this investigator's findings that the driver of the motor vehicle, Mr. Bruce Vickensburg, failed to maintain his traffic lane. He drove left of center and onto the shoulder of Tramway Boulevard, crashing into the cyclist, which resulted in his fatal injuries. Oh, man. Very sad. Okay. On uh, Indian School and Washington, which is over right by my house. Mm-hmm. 
Matthew Trujillo died on May 26, 2011 from injuries sustained on May 12, 2011. The motor vehicle driver in this case, Mamore Hardwick, 20, crashed into Trujillo, 36, while running a red light, but more importantly was found to be under the influence of drugs. The combination of circumstances has led to a grand jury indictment on the charge of homicide by a vehicle. And the most recent ghost bike, uh, this, let's see, this was actually published in the Albuquerque Journal, Hmm. November 28th, 2015, by Jolene Kruger. He never came home. Ryan Matthews Hodder, 29, finished his overnight shift at a Circle K at Lomas and Broadway Northeast and headed south around 5 a.m. on his bike his fiance had given him as a Christmas present. It was blue and black, Chaz Leila Tso said. It was pretty pricey, but it was his pride and joy, so it was worth it. Hodder rode that bike everywhere, taking long treks from the couple's home near downtown Albuquerque to the trails along Sandia foothills and back. It was a love not shared by Tso. I don't do the bike, she said with a laugh. And Hodder, to her concern, did not do the bike helmet. He had some reason. Something had happened to him when he was a kid. I'm not sure, she said. I'd say you better safeguard yourself, and he'd just talk about how many times he'd been hit already. It was as if he thought he were invincible or immortal. On that morning, though, Tso began to worry that he might be neither. We were texting through the night, and everything was fine, said Tso, who also works a night shift caring for medically fragile patients. It takes about 15, 20 minutes to make it home, so when 5.30 came around, I started to wonder. At 5.45, still nothing. She texted, where are you at? At 6, she called his cell phone, and the call went straight to voicemail. At 7.18, she made a final call, and then she got in her car and started heading up Broadway to the Circle K. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to go far. At Martin Luther King and Broadway, she saw the flashing red lights, the yellow tape, the police and paramedics, and the blue and black bicycle. I kept hoping it wasn't him, so said her voice cracking as tears come. But I knew. The crash occurred at 5.20 a.m., Albuquerque police said. A motorist had been driving east on MLK with a green light, hitting Hodder on his bike in a crosswalk. Hodder, the spokesman said, had ridden against the do-not-cross signal. He died about two hours later. Oh, man. So I think drivers need to be aware, and obviously cyclists need to make sure that they're following the right side of the law. You know, there is a car in the parking lot near where I parked, right right by here, that has a bumper sticker that says, this car is made of metal. Your bikes are just, or, or uh, you, uh, bicyclists are not, or something like that. Mm. It's, it's just, re- re- like, there's there's a nasty attitude yeah. that, of, like, I mean, I know that that happens. Like, as soon as you get into a car, you, like, transform. You're like a superhero. It's like your ex- exoskeleton. I can go 90 miles an hour. I can control the climate around me. You, I can, yeah. you know, uh, turn light on at night. I can, like... You're like Iron Man, basically, you know, and and uh, that does happen. And then, and all pedestrians are annoying and in the way. Yes, and when, no, it's true. Or bicyclists, you I know. I felt and, this way. Yeah, and then when you're out there, you're like, these cars are evil. They're all like trying to run me over and kill me. And, like something <laughs> yeah. happens. It's a fundamentally different way of being in I every state. If it's you know, about like seeing threats. Maybe, yeah. yeah. If you see everything as a threat. Yeah. Then you're more aware of it. Yeah. Whereas if you're a car, then the cyclist yeah. isn't really a threat to you. They're right. just something slowing you down, or the pedestrian. Uh, They're not really a threat. They're not going to kill yeah. you. You know that. Let's all look out for each other. Let's all be nice. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, you know, try to coexist and so on. So hey, we don't yeah. uh, really have a good segue for this. Um, but we're gonna make something up. So thank you, Don McIver, for being here. Thank you, Nora, Ty. You're great, man. Um, Good yeah, stuff. this is interesting right. stuff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Thanks to our Patreon yeah. supporters. Forgive us if we don't mention you by name this uh, time. Yeah, we're not going to mention you by name this I'm time kind of because hurry. I don't have. Yeah, Mike's <laughs> in a hurry, but <laughs> we love you all immensely. Yeah. Yep. Um, and if I owe you a T-shirt, send me.